Bevan presents Throughline Thursdays with Neha Malhotra. Welcome to Throughline Thursdays. I am so glad you could join. Um, this week as UX week at Bay One, and um, I really enjoyed the last webinar with Ahmed and Hanita. Today, our guest speaker is Abhijit Tosar. Promoting a culture of design is our topic, and Abhijit's glorious career has supported that ethos. He's currently a design and strategy leader at VMware. As a designer with a seat at the leadership table, his work is to enable a culture of design thinking customer centricity and user experience. With him, we will explore how design has evolved over the years and how designers must evolve alongside. Welcome, Abhijit. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Neha. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are calling me from. How are you doing today, Abhijit? Very well, Neha. Thanks for asking. Hope everyone is uh, keeping safe. Great, great. Um, so, you know, I want to uh, know about your career journey. So please walk us through your career journey. You started in design about 20 years back. Um, it was a cosmetic thing back then. Not It's now not just about coloring, styling, and making things look pretty. Um, design thing complex world problems like climate change, clean drinking water supply. Um, so it has, you know, evolved. Uh, so please talk about your um, design journey specifically. Sure, Neha, happy to share. I think uh, it has been, uh, I guess, it, uh, looking uh, looking, uh, you know, back, uh, I think it has been a very interesting uh, and very rewarding journey, uh, right? And I'm glad that I chose uh, to to kind of build my career in the field of design and not engineering. <laughs> so let me kind of talk a little bit about where I started, right? So I think as a child, I was kind of always uh, gravitated towards things which are creative and imaginary. Um, I guess uh, uh, that voice, uh, that inner voice became stronger uh, when I actually graduated as a plastics engineer uh, uh, with a degree in polymer sciences and polymer engineering. Uh, and uh, this was in early 90s and uh, obviously, uh, you know, internet wasn't around. Uh, IT as we know uh, as, as of today wasn't, uh, wasn't there uh, where I grew up in Mumbai. Uh, but at the same time, there was a very strong manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, base uh, and there are a lot of companies who were kind of coming and uh, building products for the Indian markets, right? The consumer products, appliances, automotive, all of that. And, uh, uh, you know, that's when I, I realized that I wanted to kind of really pursue uh, my career in design. So I actually dropped out of my MTech program at IIT Kanpur uh, and went to NID to pursue my master's in industrial design. Uh, and I, uh, uh, you know, it was a life-changing decision, uh, I must say, and, you know, it really kind of opened me up to a fascinating world of design. Uh, and NID being, uh, you know, dedicated design school, I was exposed to uh, various faculties of design, uh, not just product design, but textile, animation, film, videography, uh, typography, uh, you know, ceramics. So it's, it, was, it was much richer kind of an experience. Uh, and that really kind of shaped uh, my thinking as a designer and uh, who am I today, right? So, uh, so yeah, I think that's where I started. Uh, of course, when I graduated uh, industrial design, 
was still kind of finding its root, uh, roots in India, but uh, I was lucky to kind of, you know, uh, get an opportunity to kind of work with uh, some of the Indian as well as uh, Japanese uh, multinationals, uh, you know, designing uh, products for the consumer as well as for, for the industrial use. Uh, so ended up doing a lot of work in uh, in lighting systems, automotive components, uh, CAD CAM complex machines. Uh, you know, spent time in Japan working with the designers in Japan, uh, really imbibing their culture of uh, you know attention to detail, customer centricity, uh, everything that we today talk about, right? In terms of having that kind of a customer obsession. So I think I was lucky to kind of have worked with people who kind of uh, shaped my formative years as, as a designer. Uh, and then kind of doing things by hand has got its own, uh, you know, uh, kick, right? So you are kind of building things uh, with material, with, uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, with, uh, with physical machines and, you know, uh, things like that, right? So uh, I think that's where it started. Uh, that's where I spent most of my initial uh, years after I graduated uh, from NID. Uh, and then the internet happened, uh, right? And it completely changed uh, the way we kind of look at our world and the way we kind of live it. Uh, and I was kind of intrigued by the by the speed and scale at which you can impact the human lives with the, with the, with, the, with the dawn of internet, right? Internet age. Uh, and I made that switch, starting with my own uh, UX consultancy back in Mumbai. Uh, worked with some of the leading software companies as well as services companies. Uh, and then joined a small boutique niche uh, consulting company called Human Factors International or HFI. Uh, some of you may have heard about HFI having a big presence here in the US uh, long back. Uh, and I was lucky that I got to work with some of the brightest brains in the field of human-centered design uh, uh, at HFI. And we worked on the coolest uh, you know, projects for Fortune 50 companies. And uh, interesting, a lot of those projects uh, were uh, research-driven projects, right? So we ended up doing extensive uh, ethnographic research for for our for our clients, uh, and that kind of uh, took me to probably more than 30 plus countries uh, doing research, uh, doing uh, usability testing of uh, some of the designs and prototypes that we were building. Uh, you know, running workshops with the clients, uh, and I think that really kind of shaped my, me as 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 a digital designer, uh, working. Of course, you know, the titles that we had at that point of time were different: uh, human factors engineers to you know usability engineers to usability specialists, and now obviously more rounded product designers, right? So that's been a very interesting journey uh, at 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 uh, at. at uh, at some point, I decided to kind of you know move uh, move into a deep and broad world of uh, business and technology consulting, and that's where I did stints with uh, Capgemini and uh, Cognizant, which kind of really exposed me to a much wider uh, uh, scale and canvas uh, to kind of practice my design consulting uh, approach. Uh, and I could see how the design kind of fits upstream with business and strategy and downstream with uh, with development and engineering right and it kind of gave me a full view in terms of how this process can work and how we can really kind of how design can connect the strategy to execution right. so right. yeah that's been uh, that's been a very interesting journey i think uh, uh, i think uh, being an industrial designer that allowed me to to kind of bring in product thinking into the digital space uh, yeah. so overall uh, it's been a very rewarding journey 
uh, from factories to financial services and then from uh, plastic products to now infrastructure platforms right so a wide uh, wide range of experience yeah that is um so interesting and fascinating at the same time because design is not just being creative and just putting the skins on it's defining the whole experience from the inside out you know starting with a human need and that just is you know super fascinating um, now you move from consulting to product dev and design um why did you make the change and how did it change you absolutely no it's a, such a great question right and i often get uh, this question asked because uh, you know so far i've spent substantial amount of my career in in consulting space and now why product right uh, uh, so i think uh, this is uh, around 2015 uh, when i was leading uh, the interactive strategy consulting practice uh, at cognizant when we were working with fortune 100 companies uh, right and uh, we were we were helping them with uh, putting together their product and, uh, and, and and the services design strategy uh, i think that's when i noticed that uh, you know a lot of those conversations around design have kind of moved in house and uh, design as we often uh, aspire uh, has finally kind of you know got a seat at the table right and uh, a lot of my uh, conversations uh, were with the c level executives whether it's a cmo or a cio or a cto or in some cases even the ceo who is directly involved along with uh, the line of business uh, vps and senior vps right uh, and i could see that the design uh, has kind of earned its uh, own place uh, in the strategy discussion uh, at the same time i could see uh, firms like mckinsey and deloitte and uh, you know bcg kind of you know really bringing in design thinking and and some other design methodologies as part of their consulting framework uh, and i thought that the industry is ready now and that that was the time for me to kind of move in house uh, so made that switch uh, from uh, from from consulting world to to an in house uh, role yeah that's that's great and it's been kind of a common theme on throughline with other guests as well um you know they've said that when they've switched to consulting or you know back to corporate it was a big risk that they took in their career but it paid rich dividends when it came to learning and expanding uh, their horizons um we had uh, ahmed um on this week and he mentioned that he has had to fight for ux for it to be a culture not just an add-on do you also feel the same that you've had similar experiences tell us about your experience and influence you've had on sets no absolutely i think uh, uh, i agree <laughs> in general right i think uh, uh, i think that uh, fight for uh, you know finding a footing for ux uh, in the in the overall org organizational structure and fighting for resources i think that that kind of continues uh although over recent years i've probably seen the fight is now fought at a different level within the organization uh, which is a nice thing because now you are fighting to uh, fighting with uh, with the very senior stakeholders who uh, you know to really kind of compete with some of the other uh, departments within the organization such as hr and you know sales and marketing i think uh, that fight for resources and that fight for recognition uh is uh, is is an organizational battle that every leader needs to be prepared for right um uh, having a very strong point of view definitely helps but i think design is kind of uniquely positioned uh, in you know that kind of a battle of uh, battle for resources uh, largely because 
Eve design is the primary voice uh, of, of customer uh, and the user and their needs and their wants and how we can kind of really uh, make that product market fit, right? And how are we kind of solving uh, solving for their pain points and problems and how we are creating more opportunities for our customers to, to succeed in whatever they are trying to do, whether it's in their personal lives or in their professional lives, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is that everything that we do has got a direct impact on the customer success and the market success for the company, right? So uh, with that kind of a view, it becomes an easy uh, battle to kind of fight. Uh, having said that, uh, you cannot fight that battle on your own. So very often what I have done is to kind of really find allies uh, inside the company and kind of align our goals, uh, the design goals and objectives with, with their strategic goals, uh, their business drivers. Uh, and so it's not a zero sum game, right? It's It becomes that how can we kind of really collaborate and co-create value uh, both for the com company as well as for, for our customers, right? And eventually for the stakeholders. So uh, as long as we are able to kind of speak uh, and align uh, design, yes, it's it's okay to be passionate about your own own craft, uh, right? But at the same time, you have to kind of also think about uh, the bigger picture and how design can augment, enable that bigger picture, bigger strategy for the company. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that makes profound sense. And also the design is human centered and the end goal is to make human life easier and more enjoyable. I mean, ultimately, what could be a bigger goal than that? Absolutely. Um, and it's in interesting that you mentioned about human-centered, right? And that's so, so important because as designers, we often talk about empathy. Uh, so when you're talking about empathy, to me, empathy is not just about empathizing with your end users or your customers. It's also with your peers uh, that you work with, right? So how are you empathizing with people in customer support or sales and marketing or engineering development, right? And really understanding their point of view and their point pain points uh, is also very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I have been itching to ask this question. Um, you have been so active in your community. You are a mentor. You are a bona fide influencer. Um, how has your community work helped you in your professional plans? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, it's really about, I would, First of all, I would thank my consulting stint, right? I think uh, uh, consulting really kind of helped me uh, travel and meet people. Uh, uh, and I really started enjoying that when when I was exposed to, to that kind of a lifestyle where I'm spending 180 nights in a hotel uh, every year. And, you know, almost every week I'm kind of traveling to a different place, a different client, meeting different people. Uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, I see consult uh, as I, I see networking as a very bi-directional kind of a relationship, right? So I think you need to kind of invest in, in nurturing and building uh, that network of people. Uh, and if you love people, uh, then it will come naturally to you. Uh, to be honest, I was not very natural at networking, uh, but I became very intentional about it when I became when I was working as part of the consulting, uh, you know, organization, because, you know, it's so important for us to kind of connect with the clients, uh, you know, meet new people, build a relationship in a very short amount of time, 
uh, and there is always the mutual uh, give and take that happens right so uh, i think uh, that's when my uh, my interest in kind of building the network and you know reaching out to people and really helping people uh, and uh, and and that has kind of paid off uh, over long run right because now i have uh, such a wide and diverse and global network of people i think that's one thing that i would definitely like to share with with this audience right is that uh when you network when you kind of you know connect with the community uh don't restrict yourself to uh to people who are like you right uh, expand your network uh, reach out to people uh, from other industry in other roles uh and uh, to be honest all the opportunities that i've got so far uh have come from some of the weak links that i have in my network uh, not from my close network of friends and family it's always been someone that i met 5 years back 10 years back somewhere in europe or in asia and all those connections uh, although they are weak and they are not you know we are we have not been in touch uh, on a day to day basis uh, but uh, they 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 have been extremely helpful uh, and i think uh, it also helps me uh, professionally you know it has having that kind of a wide and diverse network has helped me kind of really refine my own understanding of what's happening in the industry what are the trends and how i can kind of really include them and refine my own point of view uh, and further my own career as well as bring that uh, kind of an experience and point of view in my own work right so so that is extremely helpful yeah that's that's great and you know um i agree with you 100% uh, on that i was in a natural at networking and 10 years back building my linkedin network sounded super scary and uncharted territory but then just being as you said you know intentional about it got me in the groove and it wasn't scary anymore yeah. um uh, and there's a great deal of satisfaction that also comes along with mentoring it, it really expands your horizons and and feeds your soul um now how in your opinion will the design landscape change in the next 5 years what are your insights and how can designers prepare sure i mean uh, i'm very bullish about uh, you know when it comes to design uh, and it's not just being me being optimist uh, i think it is based on uh, how i've seen design kind of evolve uh, over the last 20 years right uh and i think that that voice of design has really amplified now uh, inside the organization also in you know within the society right and everyone is talking about design using design to come up with creative problem solving uh, you know process uh using design to enhance collaboration right and and creative thinking and critical thinking so i'm very bullish about you know the next 5 years or next 10 15 20 years of design right i think uh, i i i really hope that uh, our education system starts including design as one of the core competencies that they can focus on along with communication collaboration critical thinking uh, right uh, design is so central uh, to to all kind of problem solving uh, techniques it's not just about building ux and ui and digital products yeah. or physical products right yeah. uh, uh, it's about solving some of the life uh, life challenges that we have and some of the challenges that we have as as humanity so uh, i i think uh, it design will definitely continue to grow its influence uh, on overall company strategy or on organizational strategy uh, uh, i think uh, it will uh, it's also uniquely positioned as a strong voice for Uh, sustainability for inclusive design uh, for responsible design right uh, because 
as designers, we kind of bring in that kind of a holistic systems or ecosystem kind of a thinking uh, while we are building products uh, and having uh, bringing that kind of a sensitivity uh, to to designing products and services is very very critical. Uh, and I, I I think my only concern is that are the design leaders uh, ready to to take on those opportunities when the time comes, right? I think uh, it's important uh, for the design leaders to be in a position of influencing uh, some of those things uh, and, and the opportunities that the design will open up, uh, right? Uh, it's really up for us to kind of grab those opportunities and, and project ourselves as, as, as the leaders, not just the design leaders, I would say is, uh, you know, drop the title of design and just become a leader uh, because you can lead much uh, wider set of, uh, you know, teams and, and diverse teams, not just leading design teams. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and especially design thinking concepts, you know, as you said, uh, apply to bigger problems and finding alternate solutions is, is so fascinating. And it starts with empathy, which is, you know, which is the key. <laughs> yeah. um, now, since you're on a roll, um, please pull out your crystal ball and tell me about 10 years down the line. How do you see, um, you know, design shaping up 10 years down the line? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's interesting when talk about 10 years, right? Uh, honestly, I don't have that crystal ball uh, <laughs> uh, right and uh, honestly i think over the last few years uh, i think the whole definition of uh, short term and long term has been redefined right uh, especially in an agile uh, world right which we live in right where everything is uh, is, is is constantly kind of evolving uh, personally i would say you know uh, uh, i think uh, you know, I would love to kind of, you know, probably kind of end up uh, have, having a book, uh, uh, you know, uh, under my title, uh, uh, probably a stint in in, in, in academia, uh, perhaps, you know, probably both, uh, right, uh, book and an academia. Uh, I think it's it's important that we, uh, that we start uh, cataloging and documenting some of the knowledge. Uh, I think all of us should be doing that, right, in, in different shape and form. Uh, uh, having having that kind of a sense of uh, you know documenting your own understanding uh, your own frameworks and then giving it back uh, to the community is 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 important personally for me uh, exploring world is another one i would definitely i mean i was lucky that i got a chance to work across culture across countries across industries uh, and that kind of really uh, helped me shape up uh, you know my thinking as a designer my approach to design uh, because every culture, every country is different. That's not going to change 10 years down the line, right? Uh, when you're designing for uh, for the next billion, as, as we say, uh, that billion is not going to come from, from this country, probably somewhere else. Uh, so how do you kind of really think and widen your horizon uh, around, around that is going to be critical. Uh, I think design will have other partners that will come in, uh, such as, and we are already seeing that, data being the one, and we all are now so, so much relying on data it's an active participant in design thinking i would say right it's not human uh, but uh, data is an equal partner when it comes to design thinking uh, i think similarly ai machine learning and some of the other technologies that are evolving are going to be equal participants in in design thinking and it's it should be it it will become a natural part of uh, a design designer's toolkit yeah that's great and uh, good luck on the travels in the book and i hope the vaccine will come out soon and we can all go back to traveling and exploring sure. 
<laughs> What's your advice to someone who's starting in design right now? Starting in design, first of all, congratulations, <laughs> right? That you have chosen the right career track. Uh, it's it's extremely gratifying. And uh, when you kind of, you know, bring in the passion, purpose and profession together, right? It's always very rewarding. And that's how I look at my career. Uh, that, you know, I don't have to do something different after 5 p.m. or after 6 p.m. to entertain myself, right? Uh, you know, uh, design is with me and this is, design is what I do. Uh, and that drives drives everything, my work as well as my non-work life, right? So, uh, so first of all, that's, I would say, congratulate <laughs> that you, you, you have, you start getting or thinking of getting started in design. Uh, there are a few things that definitely I would kind of, you know, share from my own experience, right? I think... Uh, I know uh, there is a lot of, there's a different kind of competition. Uh, the speed of things is different now after 20 years. Uh, and uh, and the kind of tools that the designers are expected to uh, to, to to have knowledge of and uh, and, and some of the competencies that, it, that they're expected to bring to the table and hit the ground running, so to speak, right, is, is, is different. Uh, uh, but having said that, I think, uh, you know, focusing on the basics of design and having... Uh, investing your time and energy in in really kind of developing your own understanding of how design works and why is very very critical right uh, don't get uh, don't get uh, uh, immersed by uh, uh, by by the various tools that it, that you are exposed to really think about why you are using those tools and how they further the design uh, agenda that you have uh, for whatever product and whatever service that you're working on. So I think that's getting those basics right is very, very important. Uh, if you're in the early stages of your career, uh, dabble in different parts of the design process, right? Uh, right from the research all the way to testing, uh, right? And, 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 and everything in between. Uh, and and kind of working with engineering development, so get a full uh, full view of of the design process. Uh, seek for those kind of roles, uh, even within your own company. Uh, make friends uh, with uh, with 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 people on both sides of design, right? Both on the on the business and product side, as well as on the engineering and development side. Also on the customer facing roles, right? Sales and marketing. That will kind of uh, give you a good understanding of. Uh, you know, where design fits in and where you fit in in an organization. I think those are important. The second thing that I would say is, uh, you know, build portable skills, right? Uh, because nothing is finite. Uh, you would kind of change industries, you will change jobs. So make sure that you are developing portable skills and stories that you can carry with you. Uh, I think that's a, that's a very important uh, lesson that I learned uh, in, in my career and as I went through a couple of transitions, right? Uh, and uh, not just about your own work, because there is obviously a good big focus on portfolio uh, and case studies, uh, but also focus on your own personal stories. I think, uh, you know, having your personal stories is very, because people are not hiring uh, your, based on your past project, they're hiring because who you are and bringing out that uh, personality that you have and your point of view is very, very critical. Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's uh, that's one thing that I would say. The last thing I would say, and which is uh, which is now more relevant in my role, uh, is articulation. Right? It's about storytelling. Right? Uh, and it is such a critical critical skill uh, uh, for designers at various levels, not just uh, when you are a leader or a manager. Uh, but even when you are getting started, because if you can't articulate, you cannot persuade anyone. And design is all about how you persuade people. Uh, 
to your point of view and to think from a customer's point of view and you know put the customer first in everything that you do right so uh, if you can't articulate you can't persuade and uh, in my view if you can't persuade you cannot lead so yes. uh, so storytelling is is a very critical uh, skill uh, and practice it yeah, it's, yeah that's it's not that's something true. that you need to be naturally born with yeah. uh, more you practice more comfortable you get and uh, more compelling your stories become absolutely i just enlisted a mentor myself and he told me just write for 10 minutes take a piece yeah. of paper and pen and write and put your thoughts down and it was incredibly cathartic and you know i was telling a story about what i wanted from life and my career in the next 10 years and i kept going it wasn't 10 minutes it, it was an hour <laughs> so i feel like it's an incredible tip for not just yeah. designers for anyone tell your story and as you said if you can't articulate you can't persuade and if you can't persuade you can't lead um so you know really awesome perspective there um i have time for just one last question mm -hmm. um uh, have you had a, a low time in your career if you did how did you deal with that Oh, absolutely. I think everyone, I, I don't think anyone can escape that, right? Um, uh, unless you're very lucky. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I have had my low times and especially when I was thinking about transitioning in or transitioning out of, of either my organization or my role, right? Uh, and it's hard, uh, you know, during the initial uh, days, you know, it was very unsettling kind of an experience, uh, you know, uh, because I think you struggle to accept and then you struggle to adjust to the change, right? Uh, later on, uh, after going through those experiences a couple of times, uh, later on I realized that you know if you're open and if you're prepared for change, and if you actually proactively start seeking change, uh, then you are better prepared to go through those kind of transitionary period, periods, right? So, uh, uh, so you can manage that transition more proactively if you are better prepared for change. So don't wait. Uh, until the change kind of hits you, uh, you know, you you seek for that change yourself. So one of the mantra or one of the theme that I have been following is that if I feel comfortable in a place or a role or even an organization, uh, it's a sign that I'm not growing, I'm not challenging myself, I'm not learning, and then I start seeking uh, change. So uh, that has been, that has helped me a lot, uh, especially over the last ten years uh, since I've kind of moved from, you know, a, a more hands-on designer to a manager to a leader, uh, uh, and and more now into strategy, right? So uh, you know, making if you are too comfortable, that means you are not learning. Yeah. If you're not yeah. failing, that means you're not learning. So, uh, and I use a 90-day kind of a window, right? Every 90-day, I kind of look at look look back, say, hey, have, have I learned something new? Yeah, that is such a great point. And I remember a quote from a, a wise individual, you're not earning if you're not learning. That's um, right. Very cool. Um, now, since this is through line Thursdays, I have to ask you, uh, what's the through line in your career? Uh, what has remained the same for you while everything else um, seems to have changed? <laughs> I think uh, following my own gut uh, has been a, a common theme, I think. And I strongly believe in that. Uh, I think all of us have uh, have that uh, with us. We just need to kind of listen to our own gut and, and gut feeling, as we call it, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I have this favorite quote that I learned somewhere or heard somewhere. You know, things that excite you are not random, 
right? They are connected to your purpose. So you just have to follow them, right? So uh, it's it's extremely important that you you have that kind of a sense of you know what drives you, what's your passion, uh, and not try and force yourself into uh, to into some some molds or some stereotypes that that you see out in the industry, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I I knew that you know I have to just follow uh, my gut, and and that comes back to you every. Like I said, right? For me, that gut is every few years, right? If I'm not learning, if I'm not growing, I kind of you know go and seek for a change, right? I see what's next. I start learning about it, right? Where is this heading, right? Where am I heading, right? Where I want to be, uh, and uh, and sometimes where the industry wants you to be, and where you want yourself to be are two different things and you don't have to kind of you know force yourself in into a uh, into any any such position right so follow your gut i think that will be my advice uh, don't get too comfortable seek experiences yeah that's that's amazing that rings true i know you're very busy uh, but i just want to take a few questions um from our chat here um Anuj wants to ask, what kind of industry have you loved designing for the most? Uh, any particular products that come to mind that you are super proud of professionally or personally? Absolutely. A great question, uh, Anuj, I believe, right? Anuj, uh, yes. So a large part of my, uh, my work has been in the banking and financial services industry. Uh, you know, and I really loved uh, working in that uh, area because it has got such a profound impact on people's lives, right? Uh, there are three industries uh, that I uh, that I really uh, uh, aspire to kind of you know work for. One is of course the wealth, uh, the health, and the education, right? Because that those are so central to to the well-being of society. Um, and it's a great opportunity. And uh, even today, even while I'm with VMware, uh, obviously a lot of, in fact, most of the banks are our customers, right? So uh, we kind of continue, my association with financial services industry kind of continues to be uh, very strong. Uh, so that's definitely one. I think I've done some really interesting work in, in, in those areas as well. Uh, I've done some award-winning work and some interesting work. I think one of the work that I recently did with, that I'm very proud of, uh, which is at BNP Paribas, where we actually worked to empower women business owners to start their business, right? This was part of the small business banking initiative and uh, I used design thinking and we kind of uh, used design thinking methods to kind of really rally different people within the bank to, to kind of really support this massive initiative uh, focused on women entrepreneurs, right? And how can we really help women start their business? What role bank can play in providing all the resources, all the funding, and all the active mentoring and consulting that women need to start their own businesses. And that's a very gratifying kind of a project, very proud of the work that I did there. Uh, and that work kind of continues now. That's great. Um, Rahul wants to ask you, what would your advice be to folks who are not naturals at networking? How and where should they start? Yeah, it's a great question, Rahul. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I was not. And then LinkedIn happened and the Twitter happened, right? So it was the easier way to kind of really uh, start networking with people because, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable picking up a phone or going and having a coffee with person or attending meetups, uh, or even if you attend the meetups, you don't really talk or interact with many people, right? Uh, best ways to kind of start online. Uh, right, start blogging, start expressing your thoughts, start uh, reacting uh, to to what others are saying. Uh, 
basically participate in a conversation it has to be on it can be asynchronous you don't have to be on a chat or you don't have to be on a phone call uh, and you can be thoughtful you can gather your thoughts you can think about your response and then participate in the, in the debate that's how you will start reaching out to people uh, once you are comfortable with that then the next step is to saying hey you know what can can i kind of go and attend uh, meetups or can i actually set up some uh, in person meetings uh with with people right so that's the best uh, advice that i can give you right you know that will help you kind of come out of that uh you know zone of uncomfort if you will right and uh, uh and 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 that's a safe place to kind of start networking make sure that your your it's it's bidirectional right so you are making sure that you you also have you are also sharing something which is useful uh to to your network and to your community and to your connections Yeah, that's that's great. Um, one last question. Apologies if I can't cover all of them. Um, Amit wants to uh, ask you how to get out of a creative block. <laughs> it's a great question, right? I think all of us uh, have that, uh, and uh, sometimes it's just that you are tired. Your brain is tired because you are just jumping from one problem to the other problem. Uh, uh the best way for me has been to 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 travel uh, to kind of really uh take a break from uh, from what you're doing also i read a lot i read a lot of very diverse reading stuff right and i watch a lot uh, and there is so much that we can now now watch on youtube and netflix and not i'm not talking about movies of of course movies are also very very uh, they provide a creative relief uh, based on what you watch uh, but uh, uh, but i think that that is for me that's a way to kind of uncompress my creative uh, you know block uh and kind of really uh get my juices uh, you know creative juices uh, you know back again right uh i do a lot of uh, hiking uh and 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 trail walking or trail running uh on my own and that's my time just to kind of be with myself and think about things and sometimes it's you don't have to force yourself it it automatically it automatically comes back right because yeah. if it's a problem that you are passionate about uh, your brain even if you're not thinking your brain is thinking thinking yeah right. <laughs> yeah yeah I, i agree with that thank you abg this has been an amazing session thank you for coming on i thoroughly enjoyed it and thank you for the great perspective you provided today um thank you again and good luck on everything your travels your book and thank yeah you. stay in touch hope you all enjoyed the session um next up is going to be Cecil Plummer next Thursday um he is uh the president and CEO of WRMSDC uh so please uh join in next Thursday have a great week take care thank you thank you thank you for listening to view our webinars and snippets visit our youtube channel bay1 the future works here you can also visit our website www.bay1.com or follow us on linkedin and twitter thank you once again